Hello, everyone. I am so excited today. We've got Allie Burns with us. She's the new CEO at Village Capital. What a great opportunity to meet one of the most influential players in impact investing today. Stick around. You don't want to miss this episode. Welcome to the Your Mark on the World show with your champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. This episode is made possible via the support of our sponsors, including Johnson & Johnson's Caring Crowd. Allie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Well, we're, we're thrilled to have you and grateful and, and congratulations on your new appointment uh, as CEO at Village Capital. Thank you. Well, Ross had really uh, built the organization uh, into something really incredible. And I know you've been there helping him for the last several years, but, uh, you know, Ross is just one of the smartest people I've had the opportunity ever to meet. And so it is an extraordinary uh, kudo uh, to be chosen to be his uh, successor. I, I mean, that purely is praise for you and for him, but uh, you're, I, I'm confident you'll, you'll fill those shoes. Uh, how does it feel? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's a, it's definitely a, a, a daunting prospect to come in, um, you know, in, in the shoes and try to fill uh, the shoes of someone like Ross Baird. I actually met Ross, oh gosh, probably um, five or six years ago, about three years before I joined Village Capital, I was working for Stephen Jean Case, um, and the cases had actually uh, put capital into the Vilcap Investments Fund. Um, and so I got to know Ross on the Rise of the Rest Tour, which uh, we helped launch uh, at Revolution. Um, and I was immediately struck by the mission of Village Capital. I actually had then had a chance to go to Nairobi and spend some time with one of the Village Capital cohorts. And, and, and um, at that time, I knew I wanted to be more of a part of, of an organization that was doing something like this. But I, I didn't imagine, you know, two and a half years ago, coming into this organization that, that I'd be sitting in this seat um, as CEO, but I'm really excited about where we're going as an organization. Um, and Ross certainly remains a big part as a as a board member and founder of how we're thinking about our direction going forward. Well, uh, it, it is an incredible organization. And you had a couple of tips you wanted to share. And I, I really appreciate you, you know, preparing thoughtfully. But you, your first tip is to investors to look beyond equity. What why do you think it's important for investors to consider alternatives to equity and what alternatives should they be considering? Sure. Well, I, the, the, the reason that we um, were advising investors to, to look beyond equity really comes from a realization that we've had. You know, a lot of the work that we've been doing over the last 10 years has been focused on solving challenges that lie specifically when the, within the allocation of venture capital. We know that right now venture capital is only going to uh, a small number of people, places, and problems. Um, I don't necessarily need to redux the numbers, but um, we're really finding that that the companies that are are not getting financing, 84% of companies actually don't ac access any sort of formal financing. Um, and what that means is a lot of the companies who are trying to solve these really hard systemic problems are being overlooked because they have different types of growth trajectories than a typical sort of hockey stick venture backable business. Um, and there's really a new emerging class of opportunities to finance these businesses that may have a slightly different 
growth trajectory, but still represent an opportunity for investors to generate a return. One of those opportunities is revenue share. So we've done our own um, deals with using a revenue share instrument that essentially takes a percentage of top line revenue um, caps it out at a certain dollar amount and a certain return target, but basically looking at companies and saying, okay, we have line of sight into the fact that you will generate uh, a consistent revenue over time and we won't be doing damage to the business by taking some of that money back piece by piece. Um, and that's a more effective way, a more founder friendly way to not take a significant stake in the company. Um, and a more effective way to have sort of uh, a really solid line of sight into what kind of capital we're going to be getting back instead of the you know, sort of really highly risky uh, prospect of taking equity. So revenue share is one thing that, that we've looked at. There's a lot of other creative financing solutions that are coming out of organizations like Candide Group, who were big admirers of, um, and NDVC, who actually just launched a new cohort that's focused specifically on helping companies uh, and financing them through a revenue share like agreement. So really exciting things happening and yeah. helping companies with more founder friendly financing um, and looking at companies that sit sort of in between a monopoly in the making and uh, a lifestyle business. Yeah. Well, it, it is interesting and reassuring to me to hear that, uh, you know, that this revenue based financing didn't die. Uh, you know, it, it came into vogue a few years ago and I hadn't heard much about it in the last couple of years. So I'm glad I'm glad it hasn't died because it is a, a more founder friendly way for people to get good returns. Um, your second tip is about the peer selection process that you use there at Village Capital. It, it, you say it works as a framework to evaluate future commercial success. Tell us how that works. I mean, it's a great, it's sort of a unique and almost the uh, kind of the, the, the linchpin feature of the village capital approach. Yeah, I should I should probably explain a little bit about the process first. So um, Ross, Village Capital's co-founder, and Victoria Fram, who's uh, the co-founder of Village Capital and runs our Villcap Investments Fund, came up with this pretty crazy idea um, nearly a decade ago to try to address uh, the issue of um, the, the the fact that the power dynamics are really. Um, distorted when it comes to making investment decisions. And as a result, we're not seeing a lot of capital going to people who don't look like um, or don't have companies that, that appear like someone in a hoodie coming out of you know a Harvard dropout in a hoodie. Um, yeah. And so uh, they had this question of what would happen if we flip the power dynamics and put the hands, uh, put the investment decision in the hands of entrepreneurs and created a process called peer selected investment. And essentially what happens is we turn entrepreneurs, cohorts of entrepreneurs into investors um, and they do due diligence on their own companies as well as the companies that are in their cohort. We have a milestone based framework that allows them to effectively assess their businesses through the lens of an investor. And at the end of a three month process, they actually make the decision on who will receive investment. So in our process, the top two companies actually receive um, investment. And, and you know, nine years ago, this was a completely insane idea, right? And uh, so we're really grateful for the, the early believers in the work that we were doing. Um, but to date, we've run more than 70 programs using this process. We've made more than 100 investments. Um, and luckily, we were also able to, to partner with the Global Accelerator Learning Initiative um, 
to evaluate whether this process actually worked. So you know, there's sort of two ways we know that this process works. One is, is our portfolio actually performing? And, and to date, it's a still a very young portfolio. Our investment fund actually closed um, officially two years ago. So it's very early, but we're really excited about what we're seeing. We've had some exits um, and we're seeing really great progress in terms of the companies that uh, are in our portfolio that are raising significant capital. But we also wanted to ask, are the companies that have participated in the program actually generating more revenue? Are they generating jobs? Um, and is it a more inclusive process? So um, we partnered with, again, with Emory, but also with the MacArthur Foundation to take a look at all 70 programs that we have run um, and look at how the companies are performing. And uh, the good news is we found out this process actually works. So entrepreneurs are actually effective at evaluating whether early stage ventures will be commercially successful. Um, that is really exciting to be able to say the entrepreneurs are actually identifying which businesses will be will do well. Um, but the more exciting thing that we found is that it's a more inclusive process. So we had a, a hunch based on the makeup of our portfolio. Our portfolio has 40% uh, of our companies are female founded or co-founded. 20% are founded by people of color. Um, and so we were, we were really interested in understanding what about the process is leading to those results. And um, we are finding that uh, the peer selection process in particular is mitigating uh, gender bias. So very excited about what we found um, in that report. And, and the next step for us is to really understand how do, we, um, how do we do that even more effectively and how could we share what we're learning with others so that they can create a process that is more inclusive. Allie, uh, you know, these are powerful insights. I mean, it's, it's amazing to think about how effective uh, your process is, not only at predicting commercial success, but also helping to eliminate uh, gender and, and racial bias. So it's very exciting. As you reflect on your time there and with Revolution, uh, I mean, you, you're still a relatively young professional, but you, you've had some remarkable experiences. What are you most proud of having accomplished? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, ooh, I can't, can I, do I have to pick just one? Just one <laughs> no. Um, well, first of all, all you want. Me relatively young, I should say that first. Um, I appreciate that. Um, I, um, you know, I, I think it's a body of work and that's what's culminated in, in me being in this role in Village Capital. I, I cannot say enough what a privilege it was to work with Steve and Jean Case. I mean, the, the transformational thinking that they're bringing both to the impact investing space and the broader venture investing space um, has been so influential in my career. And so I'm particularly proud of the work that we did launching the Startup America Partnership, which really sort of revitalize the idea of how do we bring entrepreneurship back to places outside of Silicon Valley. Um, and that led to the work that we did with the Rise of the Rest Initiative, which has been amazing to see uh, how that has grown, um, particularly over the last couple of years and the, the level of attention and enthusiasm and the way that that work has performed. Um, and coming to Village Capital and really being part of an organization that is doing really transformational things 
a little, you know, we're, we're a little bit more of a rabble rouser. We're a little bit more crazy. We, we say we're on a mission here to reinvent the system to back the entrepreneurs of the future. And I'm really proud of the way that this team thinks about how to do things differently and sort of questions the, the status quo. Um, so that was a cop out because I did not pick one thing. Instead, <laughs> I picked okay. <laughs> so, so Allie, again, as you look back, what's the most important lesson you've learned? Most important lesson I've learned is uh, be flexible. Um, when I started in my own career, um, I actually started working in um, sort of the dot-com bubble and bust um, in the technology space. And so um, definitely learned uh, a, a lot from what works and doesn't um, when it comes to business models in the tech space. Um, but the impact investing space literally didn't exist um, when I started my career. I think the term impact investing was technically coined in 2008. Um, and so, um, you know, I would never have dreamed that my career would have led me to somewhere like Village Capital um, and in the impact investing space. And so having to, um, you know, really make sure that I'm flexible and, and looking for opportunities that uh, connected with both my skill set and my own passions, um, really leading me into the space. I think that's that's the number one lesson. Oh, excellent. What has drawn you to this impact space that you're, you've become so deeply enmeshed in and such a powerful leader in? What, what, what drew you to that? Yeah, I, I would again maybe go back to um, first to... Um, Earlier in my career, I really wanted to be in the at the intersection of business and social good. So I was originally looking at careers in corporate social responsibility. Um, that's really sort of where the opportunity lay in the past, and and had the opportunity to to then move over to the foundation world, working for for Jean Case, and and the way that she really thought about impact investing was just that's just good investing. I see a company that is doing something really meaningful. Um, and I think it's a great company and, and, uh, you know, I'd like to invest my own personal capital. That's really how they started in, in impact investing. And so being able to, to sort of be in the early days of, of impact investing and say, Hey, you know, there's a, an opportunity to, um, use entrepreneurship as a tool to solve really big problems. I don't think it is the tool. And I don't think that the only, path is um, to assume that these businesses have to have market rate returns and solve social problems. I think there are businesses that will have market rate returns and solve social problems. Um, but I also think there's a role for entrepreneurs to play um, somewhere in between sort of capital preservation and market rate returns as well. And I just, um, I just think there's a really big opportunity to change the way people think about the role of business and capital. Um, and I think we're seeing that really reach a fever pitch right now, um, both in the US and globally. So that's, that's what really drives me. Allie, what is your superpower? Oh boy. <laughs> um, I, I think it's listening. Um, I, I have been more of a behind the scenes uh, player. I, um, you know, I started my career in communications and I was really about lifting other voices up and really spending time um, sharing the innovative and exciting things that other people were doing. And that really forces you to be a good listener in order to be able to tell stories uh, effectively. Um, so I'd, I'd say that, you know, and, and as a leader in an organization, you have to be able to effectively listen. 
Oh, fantastic. Well, Ali, I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Again, I want to congratulate you on your appointment as the new CEO at Village Capital. Before you go, would you take just a minute and tell people how they can learn more about Village Capital and connect with you personally? Sure. So to learn more about Village Capital, you can go to our website, which is villcap.com. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Village Capital. Um, to connect with me personally, um, you can either follow me on Twitter at Allie B or I'm Ali at villcap.com. Fantastic. We really appreciate you, uh, again, taking the time to be here. We congratulate you on your new appointment and wish you every success in your continued efforts to help social entrepreneurs change the world. Thank you, Devin. I appreciate it. It was great to be here. All righty. Let's do some good. All right. At Caring Crowd, we believe everyone has the power to make a difference. Through our crowdfunding platform for community health, we empower passionate people to drive real change. Whether you work for a nonprofit organization, volunteer, or want to get involved for the first time, you can post a campaign on Caring Crowd. Join us, because caring is where change begins. Thank you for listening. Devon Thorpe's mission is to end extreme poverty, improve global health, and mitigate climate change before 2045 by finding and sharing the stories of those who are doing the most good. You can join with other listeners to accelerate Devon's mission by visiting helpdevon.org right now.